Welcome to SNC Critical Insights. I'm Annie Ostrager, a partner in SNC's litigation group, a member of the firm's criminal defense and investigations group, and co-head of the labor and employment group. With me today is Elizabeth Cassidy, special counsel in the firm's litigation group. We're going to provide an update to our podcast on anti-fraternization policies, which we recorded on July 13th, and which you can listen to on our podcast channel, SNC Critical Insights. Annie, that's right. As we discussed in July, effective and well-thought-out anti-fraternization policies and the enforcement of those policies are important. A recent litigation that we'll discuss today makes clear the need for thorough investigation and, where necessary, enforceable consequences when those policies are breached. Moreover, company leadership is crucial to establishing a tone from the top, both in developing and enforcing the relevant policies and in creating a workplace culture that recognizes their importance. We noted in our previous podcast that the CEO of McDonald's, Stephen Easterbrook, stepped down in November 2019 after violating the company's anti-fraternization policy by engaging in a consensual relationship with a subordinate. Although he is not the only prominent business leader who has stepped down for this type of misconduct, recent developments in that story have put company policies on this issue back in the spotlight. Agreed, Liz. As alleged in the complaint filed on August 10th in Delaware State Court by McDonald's against Easterbrook, McDonald's learned of an allegation that Easterbrook had a consensual relationship with a subordinate while he was running McDonald's. Upon learning of the allegation, McDonald's board promptly launched an internal investigation, the findings of which it deemed to corroborate the allegation. In the course of the investigation, Easterbrook represented that this relationship, which consisted of text and video messages, was the only one he had had with a subordinate, and he was terminated without cause with an entitlement to substantial separation benefits. Thereafter, according to the complaint, McDonald's learned of evidence that Easterbrook had intimate physical relationships with three other employees in the year before his separation and approved an extraordinary grant of stock to one of those employees during the relationship. The lawsuit filed by the company asserts that Easterbrook's conduct was a breach of his duties to the company and seeks to recoup stock options and other compensation awarded to Easterbrook. This type of litigation has historically been exceedingly rare. However, as corporate citizenship becomes increasingly important and consumers look not only to a company's product, but to their culture and reputation when making purchasing decisions, even the perception of the tacit tolerance of wrongdoing can be disastrous. Indeed, McDonald's has made front and center in its complaint that for McDonald's, the ethical operation of its business is not just a legal imperative, but also a cherished value. Right, and the McDonald's complaint focuses heavily on allegations that Easterbrook concealed evidence and lied about his wrongdoing. But it also makes clear that the initial internal investigation conducted by the company did not include a thorough search of the former CEO's email account, which it later determined he used to send sexually explicit photos and videos. So the risk of more information or potential misconduct being brought to light after the fact should be weighed carefully in determining the scope of an internal investigation. That's right, Annie. In addition, the lawsuit discloses the difficulty of defining for cause when a company determines that it will seek to separate an employee as a result of violating anti-fraternization policies. 
Making such a determination, of course, bears heavily on the amount of compensation an employee may be entitled to. This further highlights how integral it is that anti-fraternization policies are thorough, detailed, and widely disseminated in the company. That's a good point, Liz. The severance for cause issue also underscores the ways in which different company policies interact. In this case, it was not only McDonald's anti-fraternization policy at issue, it was also the company's severance policy and broader strategic corporate concerns. In crafting the most effective anti-fraternization policies, companies should therefore be attuned to the way in which other of their corporate policies and practices will be implicated and whether anti-fraternization policies should explicitly be referenced in policies that might otherwise not be incorporated into those policies. So Annie, to conclude, what are some key takeaways? So as we discussed in July and as recent developments have further illustrated, this is an important area that companies should be thinking about. Every company needs to consider carefully their anti-fraternization policy and whether or not even have one and if they do, what the scope of it will be and the way in which it will interact with other company policies, including its application to even the most high-ranking employees. Thank you for listening. For more information about our practice, please visit us on the web at www.sulcrom.com. Thank you.